are holy. You alone are worthy. As we just sang, and as your word says, yesterday, today, and forever, may you be exalted. You rule and you reign and you deserve and you've earned that place of authority. That place that sits on high, that name that is above every other name because of what we've already sung today, Jesus. Because you became the sacrificial lamb, the son of suffering and giving us access into that most holy place. We thank you today, Jesus, that through that, Lord, we we have access to forgiveness, to healing, to restoration, to hope that our minds, bodies, spirits, our past, our present, and our future are all redeemed because of what you've accomplished on the cross. Jesus, we just give you glory for that and we thank you for that today. Lord, as we open up your word today, as we celebrate what you've done in this church family, we pray that you would speak to hearts and lives today, that you'll receive the glory for it, and we give you praise. And everybody in the church said, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you're seated this morning, if you got your Bible or something with your Bible on it, turn to Matthew chapter 5, first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 14. If you have the Version Bible app, you can follow along with the points and the scriptures as we go today. And uh, this morning, we're just taking some time today to celebrate what God did here last Sunday in our uh, Love Your City Sunday and, and just talk about all the great things that, that God did through us and in this body and what, what we can do from here. And this verse that we're going to look at this morning is a verse that um, was, has been our theme verse throughout this entire month as we've been heading into our Love Your City Sunday and it's the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and this is what he says and I want to ask you guys to all read this with me this morning okay let's read this together you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen. Well, last Sunday afternoon after a much needed shower and an afternoon nap, I woke up and began to scroll through Facebook about six o'clock to find that my social media feed was covered in orange. And uh, if you don't know, last Sunday, we, uh, our church, we didn't have church, but we became the church as we met here at about 8.30. And by 9 o'clock, we were out all over Effingham County. And we're going to share that with you today, what happened on that day. And as I read through posts and watched videos and just shared things, I got to tell you, I almost had to repent of pride because I was so proud of you guys. I was so proud of the way that you got out there and just covered our county in, in orange shirts. And I, and I think that that's a good color on us. We might just need to keep that, that color of orange. And as I was reading your post and going through your pictures, um, I posted this uh, on my Facebook page last Sunday. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, I, I want you to hear it. What a day. Over four years ago, we adopted Love Your City as our church mission. 
I've seen our church family live this out in a variety of ways, but today Rinkin Church of God took it to another level. A sea of orange shirts spread out over Effingham County today to pray, build, paint, move, organize, trim, clean, shovel, hammer, sing, hug, mulch, wash, cook, and share the love of Jesus. Instead of having church, we spent the morning loving our city. Together we served schools, laundry mats, local ministries, nursing homes, families in need, shut-ins, widows, orphans, and so much more. To say I'm proud of my church family would be an understatement. We issued a challenge and 300 people responded. Thank you, Rinkin Church of God family, for all you did today. Trust and I are honored to serve Jesus with you. And once again, you proved we are better together. Now, to my knowledge, other than a rare cancellation for snow or hurricane, in the 61-year history of our church, that was the first time that we've ever come together not to experience a worship service, but to become an army of service. Over 300 people, from the youngest to the oldest, were salt and light to our community last weekend. And that was one of the things that I was most blessed by, and you'll see it this morning in a moment as you see the video and the pictures, is to see that from the very youngest in our congregation to the very oldest in our church family, we were out serving our community. As you know, a few weeks ago we talked about this and I challenged you that uh, we would do three things well. And make three things a priority on Love Your City Sunday. We needed to stay positive, stay flexible, and stay focused. And uh, once again, you guys did that. You rose to the occasion. And I am so blessed to get to pastor what I think is the greatest church on the planet. You guys are amazing. Give yourselves a hand. If you guys will give me my stuff on the back, then, then everybody will think I'm not reading my notes and I can just, you know, cheat off the back wall. <laughs> now, some of you were not able to be here last week for a variety of reasons. I know there were some people who were working last week. Some people had already scheduled to be out of town and others just for other reasons can't be here. But I want to say something to you, okay? Get in gear. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I want to say something to you. Um, I thought about this on Monday and I was like, you know what? Anybody who's a part of this church family who tithes and gives on a regular basis, you had a hand in what happened last Sunday. We've not finished tabulating everything, but we're thinking that we gave over, we know, at least $10,000 of, of, of money and resources went into this project last Sunday. Even more than that, I'm sure, by the time we finish. And here's what's pretty cool about that. Did we receive a special offering for Love Your City Sunday? Did we have a special campaign for a year? No. We just were able to do it. Why? Because you are so faithful to give. And we've said it over and over and over. Money follows ministry. When we do the work of the Lord, the Lord takes care of the house. 
And the financial blessings that we've seen in this house over the last few years during a pandemic, it, it blows me away. But it's because we are understanding that we were created to pour, not to store. And that we're better together and that God does more through us when he gets it to us. Amen. And so I just want to say that you may not have been able to be here. But if you're a tither and you're a giver, you were here because your faithfulness allowed us to be able to do everything that came across our plate. I want to share a verse of scripture with you that I think, as you'll hear it, it really is a verse that kind of says what we did last week. This is Peter in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Did anybody see a variety of gifts being used last week? Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I asked our leadership to, to shoot me an email first of the week and just kind of tell me how did we do? What do we need to do better? And one of the real great encouraging words that I got was from somebody who said this. On Love Your City Sunday, leaders were produced. Everyone became leaders at some stage of development. Everyone took some aspect of a pastor's role and ministered to the community. It proved that the church is a body with many parts. And when they work together, a multiplicity of God's blessings unfold. As I said a moment ago, we saw better together come alive in a way maybe like we've never seen before. There was one individual in our church who wasn't able to be here because of work. And this is one of those people that you want to be here on Love Your City Sunday because he's, he's a jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. But he stopped by the office a few weeks ago and he said, Pastor, I want you to know I'm working. I can't be there. But there's a need in our church. And I've been working at this person's house who had this need. And I told him I'd do all the work for free. He said, count that as my contribution to Love Your City Sunday since I can't work. Since I'm working that day, I said, it's done, pal. And he said, why I'm here, is there anything that needs to be done? And we were standing on, on the back porch of the office, and, and he said, it looks like the, uh, the framework around your door here needs to be painted. I said, well, yeah, it does. I said, knock yourself out, pal. So within about two hours, he had repainted the frame of the back door of the office and painted the front door of the office. And I'm like, man, Love Your City is, is happening even before. Before we set the date and, and got going. I want to show you a couple of shout outs that we got from uh, some of the places that we ministered. The Trutland House gave us a shout out on their social media along with uh, Family Promise. I thought that was pretty awesome. And then a couple of the schools, South Effingham Elementary and um, Ebenezer Middle School. Just these leaders in our community just saying to the community, hey, Rinkin Church of God was here. They did some work. They loved on us. They loved on our community. And I thought that was, was pretty awesome. I, I've got several calls and cards from people this week that we ministered to saying thank you for what you did. But my favorite one, was a call I got from Ms. Judy Shearhouse. We went, her and her husband Charles have been, uh, they've been shut-ins for a while because of Charles's health. And we took a crew out to her house last Sunday morning and they power washed the house and did some lighting work that needed to be done in the house. And 
worked and did some, some, some yard work. And she was just telling me, thank you for everything that you guys did. It was awesome. It was incredible. And then she said, but I got to tell you, Pastor, what happened? She said, my neighbor called me after uh, the crew had been there for a while and said, hey, Judy, um, I don't mean to get in your business, but I just want to let you know, I think there's some prisoners out there at your house working in your yard. That's why we're going to keep these orange shirts, y'all. I like that. I think that's pretty cool. I'm just, I just hope that the sheriff's office would come by and say, what are these boys and girls doing escape this morning, doing this work? I thought that was pretty cool. So with all that being said, I know this is why you came to church today. You want to see this. And uh, this video recap, David Saplu, come on, give it up for David. Once again, awesome job. Thank you guys for taking pictures and videos and getting them to us. But here we go. You're going to love it. Love your city Sunday recap. Hit it. Sunday, Sunday, before I get 
Everybody say, wow. wow. Say, praise the Lord. Praise you know, if we're going to work, we're going to eat. That's one thing we're going to do around here. I'm going to ask a panel that's going to come and share a little bit about what we did last weekend. Um, so if you guys will come up and get in place as we're uh, moving to this next part of the service. But I do want to recognize our, uh, some of our leadership team and administration who made Love Your City Sunday happen. Those names are coming up on the screen. It started with our leadership team, Tressa and I. Uh, Pastor Kevin and Miss Renee, Pastor Josh and Beverly, uh, Brad and Kelly Thornton and Chester and Jennifer Coffroth. I went back and looked through some of uh, my, my paperwork over the last few years and realized that it was four years ago in June. June of 2018 was the first conversation we had about Love Your City Sunday. And I just pitched it out there to them and we kind of dreamed together about this happening and then we know a little thing called COVID came along since then that kind of derailed all of our plans and but but we've been talking about this and planning and praying and thinking about how this could happen for a while and then back in December I had breakfast one morning with Scott Howard, Dave Crickard and Mark Zorbo who kind of were our steering committee and I said guys I got this crazy idea of not having church on a Sunday morning and us all just going out and serving our community what do you guys think? Can we do it? And they were all like, absolutely, Pastor, we can do it. We'll, we'll support you in it. And, uh, and they just, they ran from there. We're going to talk about that this morning. But, but then logistics, Bill Williams and Eddie Peavy, those guys were like, um, they were like fire ants. I mean, they were just running all over the place, getting everybody the, the stuff that they needed and Brand Johnson taking care of finances. But we had an incredible team this morning uh, who helped to pull that off. And we've got some key leaders uh, that were a part of the day who have some really cool stories that they're going to share with us. But uh, Scott Howard was our, I guess, our um, Love Your City chief operating officer. They had all these titles. But, but Scott did an awesome job and, and uh, leading. And I'm going to ask him some questions. But first of all, Scott, tell us, in case folks don't know all the different places where we serve and who served, share that with us. All right, so we, we went over 20 locations and over 20, you know, servant leaders, and um, it was an amazing day, but we went to several schools. We went to Blandford Elementary School, uh, and David Long spearheaded that. Uh, he was in the first service. We had uh, Rinkin Elementary School. We went and served there, and uh, David Long's wife, Missy Long, which I think they're going to start their landscaping business now again, so uh, he can get her to work. No, so we went to Rinkin Elementary School. We went to South Effingham Elementary School, uh, and South Effingham was led by Brandon Goins, did an amazing job, thank you for that. Uh, <clears throat> we went to Ebenezer Middle School, and I'd like to give it up especially for this young man because you know, we're talking about raising up the next generation, and uh, my man uh, Brock Woodard took control of that uh, area and, and made it great. And so thank you, Brock, for stepping up. And when he had a question, he asked. And other than that, he just made it happen. And so this is the next generation of our church. See this group here? That they're going to be leading us in, in the future. So thank you, Mr. Woodard. Uh, we went to South Effingham Middle School and Ethan Johnson, another you know, YMCC college and career, you know, took that by the reins and made it happen. Uh, we went to the nursing homes. And so I didn't get to go to the nursing homes, but our pre-K went to the nursing homes. And I keep hearing these stories, how amazing it was. 
but we had um, you know preschoolers able to go love on some you know people that because of COVID haven't been loved on. You know they got to get hugs. You'll see a picture in a little bit, but it was amazing. So thank you, Miss Solomon's Christy. It had been two years since some of those people had been loved on or visited at all. So. So, so local ministries, you know, we had shut-ins, but we also had some local ministries that we were able to help serve, you know, these local ministries. The Trutland House, which was led by Brad and Kelly Thornton, so thank you for that, and she's going to talk about that in a minute. The Manor House, Pastor Kevin and Miss Renee, you know, they led that. That's something where uh, YM takes control during the summer as an ongoing project, but uh, they were able to go and minister on that day there as well. Blue Sky Acres. Of course, Dave uh, Crickard, you know, had multiple roles, operations section chief and, you know, the leader of Blue Skies, but we were able to get a lot of stuff done there. Uh, the Pregnancy Care Center, I didn't even mention this in the first service, but we were able to just wash their van. And you know in this political climate, you know, what, what, what's going on in this, and they're an organization that gives young ladies hope. Hmm. So just to be in a wash, just wash a van. We've got plans for the future, but just to wash that van was an amazing opportunity. Uh, family Promise. We had Family Promise, which is uh, like a halfway house and or you know a, a transitional uh, place for uh, young 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 families that are uh, needing some uh, help to get on their feet, and that was. Uh, you led by myself doing a couple of roles in a couple of different locations. Uh, we had uh, Brother Kenny Thornton did an amazing job. Did you see the picture of the rotting deck and then the transition? I mean, that, that right there was amazing. I mean, that, that was a lot of work to get done. Tear up and rebuild in four or five hours. That was thank you. So thank you, Kenny Thornton. Uh, we had shut-ins and our widows, uh, Mr. Dwayne Jordan. And he had a monumental task of uh, a lot of pressure washing and some yards to do, and he did an amazing job. But, uh, and it's, it's not about these different leaders, but this is about Jesus. You know, they were Jesus. So they don't want the recognition, but, you know, they, they, took, they took control of a project and, and made it theirs because of the love that Jesus has bestowed on them. Uh, another good opportunity that we had, um, and, and I was kind of thinking about it in the last uh, the woman at the well. You'd think the woman at the well wasn't just getting water to drink. She's probably getting some water to wash some clothes. And so we were able to go to where some men and women, because they don't have a place or an opportunity to wash their clothes at the house, they have to go to a laundromat, and it gets expensive. And we were able to go and provide for them some funds and some equipment and some snacks. And they're going to talk about this in a minute. But we were able to pray with these people. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to cry. And then you see the other teams, registration, Chester and Jennifer, our prayer team uh, with Vicki and Mark Zorbo, our media team with Pastor Josh, Blake and Megan did an awesome job uh, feeding us. And then Tori Purvis and Pam Gale had at least 150 <laughs> kids in the nursery that day. I'm glad the fire marshal didn't stop by. He just shut that down. We should have moved him in here and just locked the doors. But uh, there was so many kids in there. But um, I'm going to ask these folks a few questions. Um, Scott, I, you know, you were there day one when I pitched this idea to you. What were your initial thoughts when we began to talk about a day like this? 
well, I think I remember asking, what, what's this about? Because I kind of want to get my mind right. He's like, I got some things in mind. And so, you know, he laid this out to me and David and Mark. And the three of us were like, let's go. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, let me pray about it. You know, let me seek the Lord. You know, the Lord's already equipped us and, and put it in our heart, just like you put it in your heart where he's talked about in 2018, so let's go. And so as soon as I heard it and as soon as Dave and Mark heard it, we were like, let's, let's go, let's do it. Yeah, and Scott showed up about a month later at the office one day and just blew my mind with this plan of action of how uh, we actually can make it happen. And I was like, wow, this, this thing can actually happen. And I, you were just so motivated throughout the whole process to make this happen. You took incredible ownership of it. What, what was behind that, that motivation for you to make this happen? Uh, where the word says... I'm there to serve, not be served. And, you know, we, we have a mission, and, and one of the gifts I feel is, is service. And so, you know, that ownership took, you know, played a part in, you know, doing whatever I could. And now we all fail. I messed up. I had some names wrong. I know, I know everybody's names in the church, and I know all your T-shirt sizes, but I just couldn't pick you out in a crowd. I couldn't tell you that's who, who that is, but I could tell you everybody's names and everybody's T-shirts. So last Sunday, as we were coming in, uh, what, was, what was on your mind as we were coming in and, and trying to get this thing going? Oh, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> I was nervous. Ask my wife, Jim, Mark. You could see it. I mean, I, I guess because, you know, this is all this time of planning and organizing and praying. And uh, it was just, it was coming to a head and I was just nervous that, oh, we're not going to have the shirts out right or we're not going to have enough shirts or, you know, this and that and the other. And several people said, we're here to love our city. And we did that in so many different ways. And because love never fails, then we can't fail. This, this, this Love Your City event can't fail. So I, I eventually did you know, calm down and you know, prayed through it and you know, had some you know, ministers praying over me and talking to me, and, and it was good. But I was, I was anxious at first. Yeah. Um, Christy Solomon is one of our two pre-K leaders who leads our pre-K every Sunday morning, her and Lindsay Kennedy. And, and if you don't, if you always come in the porch, come into Kids City Entrance one morning and just see all those preschoolers down there. We have preschool uh, for both services and we have a huge group. We, we were just manning it for one just a few months ago and we're like, we got to man it for both. And so Christy took the lead on the ministry we did with the pre-K. So Christy, tell them what Love Your City Sunday looked like for the pre-K students. Well, first of all, I would like to thank all the mamas and daddies that trusted us with your babies to do this because without that trust, what I'm about to share with you would not have been possible. So thank you for that. And then I want to say thank you to my team that I have with me because without you guys, we wouldn't have been able to do that. And y'all were wonderful. Um, so the kids got here, got them registered, got them back there playing. And then once everything kind of settled down, we um, put together gift bags for everybody. We put together 120 gift bags. We put in fuzzy socks. We put in lotion, lip balm, candy, all kinds of stuff. We put all that together. And then when we completed that, we loaded all the kids up into vans 
and took them out to two of our uh, nursing homes um, out in Springfield. Uh, we went to Lakeview and then we went to the Effingham Rehab Facility at the hospital. Um, it was amazing. Um, we went in, we sang songs, we visited, uh, we allowed the kids to actually hand out all the gift bags and, and then they just started loving on them. They started loving on the residents and it was just, it was pure, it was pure joy. I saw pure joy on their faces. It was amazing. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. And then we came back here and just played. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Now, Kelly, you were over what happened at the Trutland House. And so there are several ministries here in our county that, that are nonprofits that go on all the time. You've heard about them already. Trutland House, Manor House, Blue Sky Acres, Family Promise, the Pregnancy Care Center. So we connected with all five of them. We do regular ministry with most of them anyway, but we haven't done anything with Trutland in, in a while. And so um, uh, Kelly got in touch with them. So tell us a little bit about our connection with those local ministries. Yeah, so um, thinking about these ministries, of course, they do ministry to people every single day, um, sign up to send down things that we don't have any idea that they do in our community and they're here. So Treatland House is a group home for boys um, that have been abused or neglected. Um, they come from actually all over the state of Georgia, not just Effingham County, but it is here for boys that um, are here as well that are in need of that. So those are foster children that are there. Um, the Mana House, of course, is a food um, outreach that um, serves weekly um, to give food to folks. We had um, Blue Sky Acres using horses um, to minister to individuals who are disabled and they minister to foster children. And I always blank on the last one. Family Promise. Family Promise, of course, is the housing um, outreach to get folks on their feet when they're homeless or at risk of being homeless. And so we went to all of those organizations and did what is really, I see it as taking off of their plate things that maybe they would have needed to do, but they're tied up with ministry every day um, doing the work that they're called to do. So to be able to take that off their plate at the Treatland House, we were able to paint um, their counseling room and their tutoring room. Um, and so I was able to walk in there and the folks that painted and did a beautiful job um, had worship music playing in there. And so I'm just thinking about ministry that's already happening this week, starting on Monday, reaching out and counseling being done in that room, yard work, um, we were able to clean or organize a beast of a garage at Treatland House with all of their items and um, donations, just to, again, take that off their plate. Um, at Mana House, uh, Kevin and Renee said they packed over a thousand bags of food that's going to be given out again this week. I think they do that on Wednesdays, um, taking that off of their plate. They organized the thrift shop. Um, and painted their parking lot, some different places. Blue Sky, um, folks went and painted um, fence, uh, concreted post, put up a, um, some boards to make a shed uh, more functional. And um, the Family Promise, which is one of my favorites, um, we had, uh, we uh, power washed a um, transitional house, which is over on Ash Street. They also have a location at the Centerpoint Church. And so there was some sort of mix-up. Scott actually went and, and power washed the one at Centerpoint, which was not actually on the list. So as they got out of church, I think you said somebody came over and was like, hey, what are you doing? Um, and he's like... Loving your city. Yeah, loving your city. <laughs> Never mind God. me. Yeah. My wife tells me to read all of the instructions. <laughs> it's 
like, thank you. Um, what are you doing here? So anyway, one of my favorites, we got a bonus add-on um, just to reach out to those and again, take it off their plate. Very good. And one of the most unique things that we were able to do that day is a ministry at the laundromat. And uh, Jim and Tanya Bates, that, they kind of birthed that idea. And so tell us a little bit about how that came about. Okay. Well, that came about at the red light um, at Kroger. We were actually, we had been praying about that for, for a while, you know, because we, we had been asked to be thinking of some ideas of projects that we were going to be doing. And so while we had been praying about it for a while, and while I was sitting at the red light at Kroger, I almost, it was almost as if somebody had touched me and, and told me to look, just like, just look. And when I looked, I felt the Lord say, I'm going to meet you there. And I thought, at the Chinese restaurant? <laughs> and I got, I got super excited <laughs> because I thought, I thought, Lord, right on, <laughs> right on. <laughs> but then I looked next door and I thought, oh, the laundromat. And I thought, well, te three teenage boys, that'll, that makes sense. So um, we ended up going to the laundromat and um, had a wonderful team that we had over at Springfield, the Springfield laundromat and there at Rankin. And it was just such an amazing time. I mean, we just, we never knew. I had asked the Lord, I was like, are you sure the laundromat? And the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, Tanya, if you seek me, you will find me. And you have sought me. And I'm going to meet you there. And I'm going to let Jim tell you a little bit about that. Really didn't know what to expect going to the laundromat. I mean, I know that there'll be some single moms there and there'll be some men there perhaps uh, doing laundry, whatever that entails. And uh, but as soon as we walked in the building, uh, I, was, uh, I was touched by the sense of the spirit there. And our team did an amazing job of reaching out to these ladies and to these men and these couples that were there. And at first, uh, a, a couple of ladies, they said, well, I really don't want to pray right now, you know. I'll watch you do this. And yet when we saw God uh, begin to move, these ladies boldly stepped up and began to talk to women who were there and sharing their struggles and talking about the brokenness of their lives. Um, sharing that they, you know, their, their marriages were struggling or their children were driving them out of their minds. My mind's been gone for some time now. So, <laughs> but just to hear, just to hear what God was touching them about and uh, I'm going to let Tanya share a little bit about how she prayed with these women, what she said with them, but, and, and the other ladies did as well. But I, I just want you to know that we, we put together some, some uh, packages, some, some caddies for the people, and they had laundry detergent and, and um, bleach and fabric softener and those little smelly beads that ladies like. And, and then we put some snacks in there because it's, that's right, we, I got it. And we put some snacks in there. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> we put some snacks in there because you get bored when you're washing clothes and you got to eat. And then we also included $5 worth of quarters in there for them to use, whether it was drying or washing or whatever they needed to do. But I want you to know something, that because of your faithfulness, Pastor talked about your faithfulness as a church, our faithfulness as a church to give. I want you to know that, that on that day, between the two laundromats that we we were working at. We touched 50 families' lives. Amen. 
50. And, um, and I know that, that, that the, the results of this is going to be far beyond a caddy of soap and bleach and beads. Far beyond a $5 worth of quarters. I know that God's going to use it. Because here's what we did. We prayed with single moms. We prayed with couples. We prayed with uh, men. And, and we only prayed with them if they allowed us to do that. If they didn't allow us to do it, we just said, listen, we're just here to share the love of Jesus. And so you have a, you have a, a great day. But what we saw was that we, 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 we saw... We, we prayed with several couples, and, and there was one couple there that was a truck driving team. They were here from Utah. They were going back to Utah the next day. And so what we did on that Sunday was not just something that was local here in Rinkin. We planted a seed in somebody's life as far away as Utah. And every point in between, as we prayed for them and their kids and their dogs, and if they didn't let us pray with them, we went and sat down and prayed for them anyway. <laughs> but what, what was important to me was that when we met each person, I wanted to think about what we were going to say to them. And when we met with each person there, I wanted each woman, I wanted to look her in the eyes and say, we have been praying for you for months. I wanted her to know that the Rinkin Church, I wanted to look at her and say, I have been praying for you we have been praying for you and you are not here by mistake but you had an appointed time today and God is wanting to do something in your life and I made sure that I told every woman that we came in contact with that we had women there that stayed for hours with us and talked and they gave us phone numbers to reach them and I have no doubt that we will see those faces come into this because we have claimed them for God. We have claimed their lives for God. And I believe that it's going to happen. Um, but we give God the glory for that. And we could not have done it. And I, I'm just excited about this ministry. I know it's not going to stop. I'm just super excited about our team. We could not have done it without any of them. And um, you know, I told him, I said, this is the perfect place for you to air out your dirty laundry. <laughs> just, just let us have it. Let us have it. Just lay it all out. We've got it. So. That's good. Thank you guys so much. Will you give them a big hand for sharing this morning? <laughs> so let me share a couple more things with you today, and we're going to close with prayer and some specific prayer over some of these areas that we've been talking about today. But there's, there's a few phrases that have made their way into the life of our church over the last few years. Uh, love your city isn't a phrase, it's our mission. Our vision is to hear his heart, show his love, and see his kingdom. But last year, there was a phrase that made it into the DNA of our church, better together. That was our theme for 2021. This year in 2022, you've heard us talk about being strong and courageous. That's our, our, our phrase and our mission for this year. But as we were heading into Love Your City Sunday, I kept hearing people over and over and over use the phrase, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. I would hear people pray it. I would see people post about it. I, we would hear it in conversations with the leadership team. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And I was thinking about that all week. 
what it looks like and what does it mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you search in the, in the scripture, you actually won't find a verse where Jesus says, go and be my hands and feet. Paul never says, go be the hands and feet of Jesus. But your Bible and my Bible definitely tell us in a variety of ways that that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you and I are new people, new creations in Christ so that God can do good things through us. And so I begin to think about the hands and feet of Jesus. What did Jesus' hands do? What were the hands and feet of Jesus? I thought about three things that the hands of Jesus were. Number one, Jesus' hands were dirty. He got his hands dirty. He was, he was the son, is the earthly son of a, of, a, of a carpenter. So we know that he had those skills, but we know that Jesus hung out with dirty people. He hung out with people that nobody else would, like Samaritans and prostitutes. But there was one group of people in Scripture that when they came into town or when they came around a group of people, they would have to walk up to people and say, unclean, unclean. You remember this group of people? They were known as lepers. And your Bible says this, that Matthew 8, verses 2 through 2 to 3, it says, suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus doesn't back away from the leper, you know, afraid that he's going to get dirty. He says, it, the Bible says, Jesus reached out and what? Touched him. The hands of Jesus. Hands that are willing to get dirty. I saw this picture, uh, it was, I snapped this from a video that Pastor Josh made early in the week, and I thought, now that's an example of somebody getting dirty. Brandon Creech is down in that red mulch, for whatever reason, I guess nobody gave him a shovel, he's getting an arm full. Now when I stopped and looked at it, I thought, if, if, you, if you're not careful, you think that Brooks Perez, who is over him, is trying to uh, cut his head off. I thought it looks like a copperhead in your yard and you're taking care of a copperhead. But no, look at the next picture. Brandon's got an arm full of mulch and look who's to his left. That's his daughter, Caroline. They're watching him and helping him work. Anybody see any kids working in the video? You may have wondered, and I know there was a lot of, the next year we know what to expect, but it was a lot of, what are our kids going to do? And I know there was some thoughts, well, why don't we just get all the kids together and, and, and get them to do something? Well, we did with the preschoolers, but our, but our elementary school, we wanted them to be with you, mom and dad. Because they need to learn servanthood from their parents. They need to see one generation doing it. And I love that picture of those kids working with shovels and weed eaters and, and blowers and all kinds of stuff. But, but, but Brandon is doing it. We all, anybody get dirty last Sunday? We all got dirty last week. Jesus had dirty hands. Jesus also had healing hands. Look at this. It says news spread about him as far as Syria. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Jesus had healing hands. 
Can I tell you this morning that one of the, one of the biggest strategies of the enemy that he wanted to use through COVID was to remove the ability of us to be able to touch each other. You know, all through COVID, it was, you know, you, we can't touch each other. You know, you can't touch this. You can't touch that. Let me say this to you. I know you're here in this church, but if you ever visit a church and that church don't touch each other, you need to go find another church. Because every good church I've ever been in, they want to touch. Handshakes, hugs, high fives, arms around each other. Hey, y'all, the Bible says we're to lay hands on one another and pray for one another. Why? Because Jesus did it. There's power in, in touch. Healing takes place in touch. And that's why I'm so thankful we've got through that garbage and we're just going to touch all, each other and just love on one another in the name of Jesus. Amen. The hands and feet of Jesus were dirty hands. They were healing hands. They were also outstretched hands. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could what? Touch them and bless them. So they had heard what was going on. They said, we need to get our kids in Jesus' presence so he could love on them and bless them. But the disciples, boy, they, they hadn't learned yet. Had they? they scolded the parents and said, stop bothering Jesus and listen to what Jesus said. He was angry with the disciples. He put them in time out. And he said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to these to those who are like these children, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Outstretched hands. And then I saw this picture of little Lila Revis. And when, when I saw the first video that Josh put together for us on Monday, that's a screenshot of that video. And Lila's going in, both arms outstretched, diving into this grandma, I love it on her. And you know what I thought? Jesus says, let the little children come to me. I'm going to love on the little children. And what we've done in this church is, as parents, you bring your little children to church. We teach them how Jesus loves on them. And then what are they doing? They're going out and loving on people just like Jesus. Christy Solomon and, and Lindsay and, and Gina, you guys didn't line them up and say, y'all go in there and hug and love on them and do A, B, and C. No, the story goes that those kids ran in and started loving on grandmas and grandpas. Y'all were talking about being the hands of Jesus. Sometimes we, our hands get dirty if we have hands like Jesus. Our hands are healing hands and they should be outstretched hands we're called to love our city that way Paul tells us in this in Galatians let's not get tired of doing what is good anybody be honest sometimes you just get tired of doing what's good just a few of you are gonna be honest sometimes it's like I'm tired of always making the good decision making the doing the right thing and everybody else is just doing their thing but Paul says, listen, at just the right time, you will reap a harvest, a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should do good to what? Everyone, especially those who are in the house. Amen. So Jesus' feet, hands were dirty, healing and outstretched hands. One more verse. James says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. 
and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Man, that's Love Your City Sunday right there. What about Jesus' feet? Jesus' feet were active feet. Peter tells us in Acts, he says, You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Peter says that Jesus was getting after it. His feet were active. He didn't, he didn't come up under a, a tree in Jerusalem and said, all right, y'all just bring them to me, boys. I'll sit here for three years. When you read through the Gospels, it's almost hard to keep up with where he's going because every page you turn, he's going in Damascus. He's going into Syria. He's going into uh, um, Jerusalem. Then he's going here and there. And, and, and Jesus was constantly on the move. Jesus' feet were active feet. Jesus' feet were also purposeful feet. Everywhere he went, he went on purpose for a purpose. And what was his purpose? He said, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. We can't seek and save the lost sitting on our rear end. We got to have active feet. We got to have purposeful feet. And then let me tell you something else. You didn't expect this when Jesus had beautiful feet. The prophet Isaiah said, now what? How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. Now how many of you don't raise your hand have a spouse who has ugly feet? No. And some of you got some daddies and mamas. I mean some people just have funky feet. And it's flip-flop season and I'm like you just need to keep that baby in a shoe. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to see that. But you know what? If you know Jesus and you're sharing the love of Jesus, no matter how funky your feet may be, the Bible says you have beautiful feet. So the next, somebody, next time somebody's hating on your feet, say, I just want to quote Isaiah 52. I have beautiful feet. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is an incredible verse because what did Jesus bring? The good news. What do we call the first four books of the, of the New Testament? The gospel. The good news of the gospel. And when what we did last Sunday was a beautiful thing as we brought the good news of Jesus to our city. Just like Jesus, we too are called to love our city with active, purposeful, and beautiful feet. Right before Jesus ascended, he said, go. Everybody say Go. Go, don't sit, go, make disciples, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach everybody to obey everything that I have commanded you. So let's wrap this up this morning. Kevin, if you'll come and play for me today. You know, there's been, there have been a few people over the last week just, just bragging and excited about what happened. They said, man, we need to do this once a month. We need to do this every quarter. And I'm like, hang on now. It took us six months of planning to pull that off. Those are the same people, by the way, who come to a Sunday night, night of worship. We have a great night of worship. They're like, we need to have church every Sunday night. I'm like, you're not even here every Sunday. What are you talking about? <laughs> After about two weeks, you'd be wanting that recliner again on a Sunday night. You know, last Sunday was special because it was all of us together. And what's awesome about it, I hope you've noticed today, you know, I don't know how you walked away last Sunday. Maybe you thought, man, all I did was throw some bread mulch on the ground or I helped clean. I don't feel like I did very much. 
But I hope when you pull back and see what 300 people did and what you were a part of and the synergy of what Better Together looks like when it gets out in the community, y'all, that's good stuff. That is what it means to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Somebody may ask the question, well, do you guys have ulterior motives for what you're doing? What do you think? 100% absolutely yes. Because there are a lot of great organizations in our community who help the community, who bless the community, who do good things in the name of their organization. But everything that we did last weekend wasn't under the name of, a, of the Church of God or Rinkin Church of God. It's under and through the name of Jesus. Because our ultimate ulterior motive is that at the end of the day, everything that we do, we want it to bring glory to God, to, to God the Father. And we want to see people come to know Jesus and spend eternity with Him. I believe what you guys said a while ago is true. I believe what you said, Tanya. I receive that as a prophetic word that heaven will be more full because of what Rick and Church of God did last Sunday. I love your city Sunday. I believe it. As I was looking for hands and feet of Jesus, I did find one verse where it specifically talks about the hands and feet of Jesus. And this verse that we're about to look at, it happens on Resurrection Sunday. On Resurrection Sunday afternoon after Jesus has risen from the dead, his disciples are afraid, they're scared, they're huddled inside of a, of a room with, with some of the women. They've been to the tomb, the tomb's empty, they're not sure what's going on. And Jesus just doesn't even walk in the door, he just appears and he says to them, listen to this, why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Can you see that it's really me? Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And look at what he says here. And as he spoke, Luke says, he showed them his hands and his feet. Two reasons why Jesus did this. He came to that room, that scared group of disciples and women who would carry the mission of the gospel in a few weeks, it would be theirs to carry. And he looked at them and he wanted them to see physically he was not a ghost. He was in a resurrected brand new body. And he wanted to see, guys, it is me. It's, these are my hands and these are my feet. He, they needed that living proof. But here's, here's something else I want you to understand. He didn't walk in and say, Look at my face. It's me. Come here, Peter. Let me give you a hug. You know how my arms feel. Let me hug on you and love on you and you'll feel it's me. No. He said, look at my hands and look at my feet. Because what I want you to see is that the work is finished. I did what I came to do. And these hands and feet, really his wrists that had big holes in it, both wrists, completely whole and healed three days ago, bloody, bleeding mess. Now we just got big holes in our wrists and big holes in our feet saying, hey, I'm alive. I've overcome death 
hell, and the grave. And boys, I want you guys to go get after it. And you tell everybody that I came that there's not a situation that's too great or too desperate. There's not enough sin in someone's life. There's not enough skeletons in their closet. There's not enough pain in their heart. There's not enough sickness in their body that what I accomplished on the cross cannot overcome what they're facing. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. I'm here in the flesh, but I have completed the mission. And y'all, that's why we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Not just that we're Jesus with skin on, as we say, but we should be literally leading people to a place where we have that conversation. The United Way is not going to have that conversation. Some of these other great organizations who minister, they don't have that conversation. The end of our conversation needs to end with there was a man who was sent from God who gave his life for you so that you could spend eternity with him. Amen? Ulterior motives? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thank God for what he's done through us and through you. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. I'm going to ask everybody that would to come together down here. We're going to close in prayer together. And I've asked three people this morning to close out and lead us in a special prayer. And I'm going to ask Pastor Kevin and Miss Renee and Mark Zorbo to come up and join us today. And um, Tressa, if you'll come and help them grab a mic, what they need. And then we're going to close out singing a song just to finish this today. But I think it's so important that we finish... And we just kind of put a book in on the end of this weekend by saying a prayer over some specific needs that came up as a part of, of Love Your City Sunday. Ms. Renee is going to pray over our schools. Pastor Kevin's going to pray over our local ministries. And, and Mark's going to pray over those seeds that were planted and that God will continue to use us in more opportunities. So here's the thing. I don't want you just to listen to them pray. Scripture says wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. If we agree, it will be done. Amen. So I want you to agree in prayer. As they pray, you pray. And we're going to agree that God is going to continue the work. So, Ms. Verday, if you'll start us off today. Father, I thank you, Lord. God, you are so good to us. Father, I thank you for the resources that you provided and the funds that we could go and do some things at the schools here in Effingham County. I thank you for every campus that we placed our feet on. And Lord, I not only pray for them, but for every campus in this county. I thank you, Father, that you have assembled many people in this house that are part of Effingham County school system. I thank you that there are administrators, there are teachers, there are parents, there are bus drivers, an attendance officer, maintenance people. God, you have assembled them in this house and you have strategically placed them in the county of Effingham County School. I thank you that there are many believers in the schools in this county. And I thank you, Father, that there are many who honor and glorify your name. Lord, I thank you that there are still three days of school left. Lord, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And as it has already been mentioned, 
a lot can happen in three days, Lord. I pray that the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in these last three days of school would raise up. God would raise up those dead things and bring things to life. And I pray that the believers who are part of this body and believers in this county who walk the halls of the school, who drive the buses, I pray that the word of God would come out of their mouths and speak life to those that they will come in contact with. I pray for the administrators that they would have wisdom and direction in dealing with discipline things, Lord. I know that, God, that there are a group of students who, Lord, as we look forward to the last day, there are those who are dreading the last day, God, because it's when they come to school that they feel safe. It's when they come to school that they know they're going to get something to eat. And, God, I pray that we would have a heart not to only do it one time a year. God, not only through pack, back, backpack buddies or through family promise, God, but through man and ministries, Lord, all year long that you would use our hands and feet to supply the needs of the children of this county. I pray, God, for those who are right now who are dreading because when they're at home alone, God, there are things going on in the home that, Lord, we don't even want to speak of. But, God, I pray that you would break that. I pray that, that God, you would let things come to light to those who it needs to come to light to. That, God, we would see children set free from abuse. God, I, I come against a spirit of poverty in this county. Lord, I pray that you would break it. That, Lord, God, that you own the cattle on a thousand hill. And I pray that, Lord, resources would come to these houses where there's poverty. Lord, I pray for the family where the, where the porch was repaired. Lord, I pray that every time they walk out on that porch, that, God, they would remember that there's a body of Christ who loves them. There are people of God who love them. And I pray that it would be a reminder of your love for them. I thank you for Yancey Ford, Lord, who you have placed in a position of authority. I thank you that, Lord, I've witnessed. Not only has he allowed us to come into his office to pray for him, but he has welcomed us in his office to pray for him. I thank you that he has allowed us to walk the halls of our schools to pray and cry out. And, Lord, I pray that we would not take it for granted. But, Lord, every time we have that opportunity, that, Lord, a multitude of people would rise up would walk the halls, would pray, would call out the names of the teachers, administrators, and people who are working in this school system. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you, Lord, that, God, you have given us a heart to minister to the children of the schools in this, in this county. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the opportunities that we had to minister to Blue Sky Acres. Lord, you know the lives that they touch. You know the physical bodies that they touch. You know those, those things that they do that help to motivate, to help stimulate, to help grow and grow the right way. Father, I pray that you would help them as they look for a permanent place. Lord, provide for them a permanent place, provision of land and facility. Lord, that they would be able to continue this ministry and even grow it even larger. Father, I pray for family promise. Lord, I pray for transitional homes. Lord, I know there's a lot of, a lot of buying and selling going on in our county, in our state, in our country right now. 
But Lord, there are homes that are abandoned. There's homes that are available that nobody else wants. Father, I pray that you give it to them. Lord, give them the opportunity to have people come in and renovate. Lord, provide them facilities that they would be able to help families transition back into homes. Father, we pray for the Pregnancy Care Center. Lord, I know, I know you have your hand on them. But Father, they need supporters. They need women who will volunteer to help. They, will need, they need nurses and other folks that will volunteer to help. To help these young ladies who find themselves in situations and circumstances. Lord, that they don't know what to do. Father, there are lives at stake. There are so many lives at stake. Lord, we talk about the Holocaust and we talk about Black Lives Matter. We talk about all this stuff. But Father, before they're even born, before they're even born, we take their lives. What color it doesn't matter. What race it doesn't matter. It's a life. It's a life. So Father, help us to keep these folks in our prayers. And if we can volunteer at the Pregnancy Center, Lord, let us lend that time. Just a couple of hours. Let us lend that time, Lord. You know. You know. The Trutland House. Lord, I pray for them. I pray for provision for them. I pray for those boys that are there whose parents have abandoned them or whatever situation they find themselves in and why they're there. Lord, I pray for them that they would understand and know that there is a God. There is a God who cares. There is a God who loves them. There are hands that want to put them on them, not to hurt them, but to bless them, to help them out of the situations that they're in, to pull them up and set them on solid ground. Lord, we're able to do that, so help us to pray for that. Lord, for the house parents, oh, it's... it's trying to raise somebody else's kids, trying to show someone else the way. Lord, that's tough. That's a hard place to be. But they've got to have house parents. So, Father, we pray for those that you would give those. I pray for the staff, Lord, that you would give them direction. I pray for provision for them, Lord. I know there was a time a year or so ago that they, they didn't have any food. Lord, I pray that you would supply the needs, every need, Lord, you said it in your word that every need can be met according to your glory, your riches in Christ Jesus in heaven. Heaven is not bankrupt. Heaven has plenty, but it's given through us. So help us to continue doing that. Man of house, Lord, I pray that you would bless them with food and provision that they can give out to the families. Lord, I know at this place, that they will share the gospel. They do share the gospel. They share your love. They share the love of Jesus. And Lord, as they expand, Lord, the need's getting bigger. The need's getting greater. And Lord, as they, as they try to, to, to expand, Lord, I pray for provision for a larger freezer. Lord, they're, they're, they're going to be building that. They're going to be building a larger cooler. They need warehousing space. Lord, you are able... You are able to supply every need, every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we trust in that. 
Help us, Lord, to be the hands and the feet. Lord, not just physically, but in prayer and finances. And whatever we can do, Lord, we pray that you, you would be the center of it all. Lord, that we would promote you and that they promote you in all that they do. And Lord, we bless these folks in Jesus' name. Well, I shouldn't have no problem following that up. Man, thank you. I just wanted to say in all this, um, we really need to have a place for the Holy Spirit. In everything that we've done, everything that we do, the Holy Spirit has to be in that process. And we need the anointing. We need that. So I'm just going to, a real quick, short and sweet uh, scripture, but it's very powerful. It's 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. All things are all truth. Okay? And that anointing, that is the power of God. We have to go with that, that power. Or everything we do, you know what I'm saying? So um, we just have to realize that that power also abides in us. You know, Jesus Christ, Jesus' last name was not Christ. That means the Messiah, right? The anointed one. That's who he is and he abides in us. So we have to make, we have to make a place for the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, we just pray for that special anointing on this church, on the leadership of this church, and on all who attend this church. We pray that we're people that are led by the Holy Spirit. We ask that the Holy Spirit would guide us into divine connections. We ask that the Holy Spirit would protect us from the plans of the enemy. We ask that the Holy Spirit would lead us into the impossible because the word says that all things for all things are possible with God so I pray over the seeds that we've planted I pray for the harvest from those seeds and we come boldly the Bible says to come boldly and we expect that harvest we expect it and we also pray for future seeds and for the future, for we continue to do this, this project. And I'm thankful for my pastor for this idea, and I'm thankful for this church. It was very exciting, and it was, a, it was so good to be a part of this. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for praying today. I want us to, uh, before we go, I just want us to sing just a verse and a chorus of this song that uh, we've sang on and off for a few years, but it's a, it's a perfect song for this day. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is, there is no one like our God. There 
is no one like our God. Come on, let's say this out. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Say that again. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. Lord, we say that today, Lord, and we declare that and prophesy that over this city, over this house, and your hand through this house. And we give you praise for all that you've done. Lord, may you receive all the glory for it. And God, we pray you'll continue to use us as your hands and your feet, and we'll give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here.